the people I enjoy most watching uh-huh. are people where on and off stage, there's not that much of a difference. Yeah, same here, actually. Yeah, I like I like an open book. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. like even like Tig Notaro, for example. Like we were on tour in Portland, Oregon, and mm-hmm. Seattle together. Yeah, we met up with Tig, and Tig is a perfect example. If you if people are watching, if people are if people are listening to this, yeah, and they listen to a Tig album or they watch a Tig special, you got that's Tig. It. You got Tig, yeah. And that's why she's such a pain in the ass to hang out with. <laughs> because she's just won't oh budge. <laughs> and Tig, if you're listening, we love you. We love you so much. But that's... that's it's the, his all respect. That's the magic with Tig. That's the voice of Atsuko Akatsuka, one of my favorite comics. She is on the rise. She she has been on tour with me uh, a whole lot this year. We're, she, we're in... Portland and Seattle and Minneapolis and North Carolina. And uh, she's doing that. She's on her own tour. Uh, she'll be actually in D.C. with me. We just added a second show at the Warner Theater in Washington, D.C. We're so excited about that. And she'll be at my Los Angeles Ace Hotel show for Netflix is a Joke uh, Festival. All of my tour dates, by the way, are on Burbigs.com. Uh, I'll be at Steppenwolf Theater for the month of May in Chicago. I'll be in London for three shows, Paris, for God's sakes, Iceland, and then I go back to Los Angeles for the month of August for the world premiere of The Old Man and the Pool with the set and the lights and all all the bells and whistles. I'm so excited. It's uh, in some ways what this podcast has all been leading towards. Very exciting. Uh, it, my relationship with Atsuko is so fun because it sort of comes out of the podcast itself. We became friends from me finding her on Instagram and and dropping her notes, say, hey, would you want to come on the podcast? She came on. You might have heard that episode in the fall. We got along great, and uh, and then we've been on tour together. And so it's uh, it, I think she's so funny, so original, such a fascinating life story. She... Uh, you know, she moved to Los Angeles from Japan when she was 10 years old. It is, she talks about it in her own uh, show that she's touring with right now, which will be in Austin, Dallas, Houston, Los Angeles. She does an Atsuko and Friends at Largo, which is one of my favorite comedy venues on the planet. She'll be in Atlanta, Vancouver, Minneapolis, and Hawaii, just to name a few. All of this on AtsukoLive.com. But really just like an amazing comedic voice she created the drop challenge hashtag drop challenge where all kinds of celebrities have been (laughs) doing this drop this dance drop to a beyonce song i tried it i had to use uh, some kind of a coat rack to drop but i still did it everybody can do it how they do it uh but enjoy my conversation with the great atsuko akatsuko back with a new episode of working it out we're we're in the studio with Atsuko Akatsuka yeah we are in person <laughs> in person you're like two feet away from me this is so strange I have to say mm-hmm. we haven't I mean this is my mad scientist you know bulletin board of insanity it's really exciting to be by all the note cards the infamous you know what's so strange about our friendship is that we're pandemic friends 
I know, I know. And then look how we progressed. I mean, in that we're now, you're also recording this live with me here yeah. live. It's a sign of better times. It is a sign of better times. Yeah. We met because someone, you know how Instagram works, is like, yeah. Someone I follow followed <laughs> you, uh-huh. and then I got served something you did, and I think it's probably a, a video, a dancing video you did with Grandma and Ryan. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Wow, that's fantastic!" Because it's like this. <laughs> if people haven't seen it, go to at Atsuko Comedy on Instagram. Number one follow on Instagram. It's the best follow. Oh, so sweet. Thank you so <laughs> much. Now on TikTok. Yeah, let's go, let's go. Um, Be- yeah, because of you. I, yeah. well, I, I was super obsessive. That when I got into TikTok, I was, I was, on, I was at that point on tour with you and Ryan. I was like, eh, I think you have to be on TikTok because it's like your videos all, essentially are sweet spot perfect for TikTok. Yeah, and when you said it, I was like, okay, you know, enough people had told me like, hey, do you want to be forgotten? Are you trying to, <laughs> n- you know, not be relevant? Enough people had told me that. And I That's think you, you were the last straw. Well yeah. well, yeah, because I'm the least relevant person to bring up a hip trend. <laughs> no, I mean, it's like you if know. <laughs> Mike is bringing this up. I mean, no, and so, and and I wasn't trying to be like, oh, yeah, you know, you think of Mike Birbiglia, you don't think TikToker, you know, I would never say that, you know, I could see you on there. In fact, you're on there, and yeah. you're doing great on there. Um, it's just, you know, you as this comedian, this uh, person on the stage that I've watched for so long, you know what I mean? If you're the one, if you're the one telling me TikTok's the way, yeah. I have to listen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now we're being insincere. I feel like the first part was correct, which is Mike is the last, he's late adapter, and we'll okay, get it. We'll say it like the that. late adapter telling that just me I have to mean, adapt. Though. I like that though. I'm not like I don't. Okay, I don't. so bringing people up to speed, we met on Instagram because I was fed one of your videos, and I was like, "Oh, these this video is so original. They're so you know these videos you make are they're you're a great dancer, and then on top of that." They're so like oddly surreal. They're like your husband Ryan is a filmmaker as well. And so you really put a lot of thought into the frames and the music and all this stuff. And they're just so good. And then I started following you and I was like, hey, come on, working it out. I didn't know how it would go. <laughs> I actually, now we're friends and we've right. done, we toured together a lot and spent a lot of hours together, had a lot of breakfasts and lunches and, and, and walks around Denver and, uh, Gosh. Other um, cold cities. Other Minneapolis, uh-huh. other cold cities. Yeah. Uh, so we spent a lot of time together. But at the time, I was like, I don't know how it'll go. Right. Maybe I like she the doesn't videos. have jokes. Yeah. yeah. Maybe she'll talk about process of making these videos. Or right. Who knows? You don't yeah. really know. Yeah. But then it went, I thought it went well. And then and then I was like, hey, want to do a show? And then it was like, Chicago, oh, Chicago, Milwaukee, uh, Madison. Mm-hmm. Right. And- I just thought it would have been fantastic. And then we've done like so many shows together since then. And we're going to be in D.C. in a couple of weeks. I know. It was a bold move, actually. Bold move to ask me to be on your podcast. Now that, now that you mention it. Just for my dance videos. Well, one of the things that you said at one point that, I, that really struck me is the pandemic in some ways was good for uh, comedians of color who weren't necessarily reaching a ton of people or getting booked uh, on yeah. tons of shows. Yeah. And but because it, it, in some ways the internet it's it's an odd it's oddly a meritocracy of comedy. Yeah, 
Exactly. I agree. It's like a popular vote. Popular vote. Yes, that's right. A hundred percent. And so, like with your comedy, it's like maybe we wouldn't have met. I don't know. A hundred percent. And I think I think that's so true. And that's why I thought it was so cool that you reached out and like you do you do what I call the ride back, right? Which is like uh, someone <laughs> <Never heard this. laughs> actually like Hassan Minaj said it in his workshop, or that's what the title has of his workshop. Um, it's called the ride back, where someone who's been doing it a while, someone of a higher oh, yes. level, I like remember you, hearing him say this. Yes, then get get back on the horse that you rode to get to yeah. where you are today in your career, and come back and scoop up emerging talent. I love right? that. Yeah, it's the ride back. I love that. Yeah, I've never. You know, it's funny. I I tried to do the ride back with Hassan, but he was too successful before <laughs> I could do it. You try to do the ride back. You did it with me. And I think that's so cool because it is this thing where, like, you know, when things shut down during the pandemic, a few people, different communities were like, huh, when it comes to the arts, is it kind of going to be like we went backwards 20 years, you know? Yes. With, like, because, like... Uh, arenas for musicians and stuff. They're going to want to go with the big names first, right? Yeah. They're going to want, because places were shut down, money makers are going to be like, ah, let's go with the safe routes. The big names, not emerging talent that's of color. Yeah. You know, and so uh, like with TV and stuff like that, there was talk like, oh, maybe like the Laugh Factory will go back to just dudes again because we they know that sells, you know? Well, I think also part of it is, like, it made me... When you said that, that the, 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 the pandemic was beneficial for comedians of color, I was like, it made me think, like, of all the bookers of mm-hmm. comedy shows. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, it's a lot of white men. Yeah, and where where can we be seen for sure on our phones? Yeah. We can get on the phone and be like, "Hey, I got jokes. These are the jokes I wrote." Uh, yeah. And then the people vote, right? And they go, "Come, vote. come to my city. Come to my city." Yeah. Right. And then if you can prove with numbers, yes, that's the how Matrix I started my first solo tour. Was I went? I have an audience. You yeah. Know? Um, and I could prove it. it. Says it right here. Well, I was. I saw your show at the Bell House last night. It's totally sold out in Brooklyn, one of my favorite venues in the country. And you're crushing for an hour, just crushing. It was so good. I got to work on the jokes during the, yeah, the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah, thank you. I'm like so excited for what that show's gonna become because it's, it's. um, How it came about is because of a lot of me and you talking too, you know, the latest structure of my hour. Well, I'm obsessed with your joke writing and your your performance style and your authenticity as a performer because you you're so much yourself. Like, there's this old theory that people go. I, I don't know. If it's like, it takes ten years to become yourself as a mm. stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. And I think there, there's truth to that. For sure, yeah. I have been doing it like eleven years. That's interesting. Yeah. So because when I watch you, like. Last night you did some bits where I hadn't seen them on tour before. And I was like, so that's brand new. And it's immediately killing. And I think that the part of it is that 
once you develop a, a voice. That's right. Yeah. You, uh, once you develop a voice, which takes years and years and years, and that's usually the kind of sweat equity that people don't want to put in with stand up mm-hmm. or whatever art form, but you know, drawing or. Because it's or, hard to face your own personality and. Yeah. And figure out ugh, maybe my personality is born, so I have to come up with a brand oh or my what's my voice? You know, those are harsh truths, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that, oh my gosh. Yes. No, that's. And gosh, I mean, there's successful comedians who still don't face who they are. Yeah, so you know, and it's a performance for a yeah. reason, so that's cool too. Yeah, there's a, yeah, no, but you have to no, figure out what feels right for no, you. No yeah. shade. This is a funny digression, but it's like uh-huh. no shade to people who play characters on stage. <laughs> but there is, I enjoy the people I enjoy most watching uh-huh. are people where on and off stage, there's not that much of a difference. Yeah, same here, actually. Yeah. I like I like an open book. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Like even like Tig Notaro, for example. Like we were on tour in Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. and Seattle together. Yeah. We met up with Tig. And Tig is a perfect example. If you if people are watching if people are if people are listening to this yeah. and they listen to a Tig album or they watch a Tig special. You got that's Tig. It. You got that's Tig. It. Yeah, and that's why she's such a pain in the ass to hang out with <laughs> because she's just won't oh budge. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. Oh my gosh. Well, no, because it is funny. It's a riot. No, she's she, she's really funny, right? To watch. Yeah. But what you see, right? Yeah. That is talking like this and Tig and giving you a hard time like this. That's her in real life. Yeah, or, or like <laughs> she stayed with us a few years ago and she yeah she's just be like. Where's the train station? <laughs> You're like, you got a phone, right? You got yeah. the train station. Where, where's the cafe? <laughs> the cafe across the street. You get yeah, she's it. like a anime character. <laughs> and yes. She's like Paddington Bear meets like a senior citizen that just... Move to the city for the first time. And Tig, if you're listening, we love you. We love you so much. But that's... that's it's the, his all respect. That's the magic with Tig. Just like you, you know, like, yeah, you're you're pretty much... Easy. This is you. Easy. This, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like we're gonna you're be. the same person on stage. I mean, not to give away your secrets, you know, but... Uh, you, and that's you know, why you're a pain in the ass thing. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I was walking into that. The, um, no, no, I think it's... I'm not that I'm not that different, honestly. I'm just not as packed with jokes and stories. Like I think that's the thing that, that disappoints people when I meet oh. them is that I'm not like gushing with like, let me tell you this story. No, <laughs> of like course. I am on stage. Yeah. No, of course. And I mean, and it's such not a requirement, right? Right. It's called a stage. You're hitting the stage. Yeah. So you turn it on. So yeah, you know. I know that's like such a big thing. I think like it was like a Ryan's, my husband's uncle said to me once, you know, how come so many comedians aren't funny off stage, you know? Oh. Mm-hmm. I think, I just truly think it, it's everyone's different processes. And again, it's not a requirement. I, I, early in my career, I was, and we talked about this in our first episode of the mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. I was a much like more naive character version of myself early in my mm-hmm. career. I just wasn't comfortable. Right, right. And I feel like you were sort of in the same vein, mm-hmm. maybe like a more naive version of yourself. When I'm on stage? When you, earlier in oh, your career. Oh, earlier. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I feel like it's like, what do you think? Because now in, in improv, there's always this 
that a lot of improv gurus say like always play to the height of your intelligence and when i watch you i'm like yeah that's what you're like yeah you that's know. the smartest art school we'll get <laughs> yes. and so that's the cap you know yeah yeah that's the tops <laughs> but like and I always try, I try to play my intelligence, but early in my career, I really didn't. Mm. Do you feel like there was a point at which you made that pivot? Yeah, for sure. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> it was like right before the pandemic. That's interesting. It was a lot of also trusting that the audience will find you relatable. Yeah. I think I had a hard time trusting that for a long time. It's like... Uh, maybe I need to dumb things down or maybe these are the types of things people want to hear about. Yeah. Maybe in this type of way. And, you know, the whole finding what your voice is thing. Right? Yeah. Uh, and then I think maybe around the time I started, you know, interacting more with my fans online. Yeah. Right? Talking to them on stories. Yeah. And, and how they reacted. Seeing it kind of firsthand, I started being able to trust myself for the stage That's more to be like, oh, I can be me and the way I, I talk and people will not just understand, but find it relatable and funny. That's an incredible inflection point for culture, if you think about it. Yeah. Because for all of the things that drive us nuts about the internet mm-hmm. and social media, mm-hmm. that's really positive. Yeah, if you can find yourself in it, which is so like, uh, it sounds like an oxymoron. It sounds like counterintuitive. Yeah. Spending more time online, you know, or on Instagram. But for me, it was being able to interact with the fans that way. And it, it helped to see my face talking to people and then how they would respond. Yeah. So like Zoom shows helped me too, actually. Oh, that's interesting. And how come? Weird, because Zoom shows were the first time ever in our lives where while doing stand-up, you're forced to watch yourself. Oh my gosh, yes. So, oh, that's so true. You know, you, you n- never ever do you do that, right? Like, no. But I was, I was learning little ticks that I would do or like, oh, this one eye movement that I do after oh a punchline really? gets laughs. And why is that? And I got to like, you know. Wow. Yeah. So you were like, essentially like you were the director and the editor and the performer and the writer at the same time. Yeah. In the yeah. Zoom shows. Totally, yeah. So the thing that I love about your stage show is like your your performance, your joke writing, and then just your life story is so unique. And then we've, we've talked about it a lot on mm-hmm. tour. But like you moved from Japan when you were like 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And you didn't know you were moving. Right, yeah. You were thought you were going on vacation. <laughs> Some would call it a kidnapping, I think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. From your grandmother. My grandma kidnapped yeah. me. Yeah. 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 Your your grandma told you you were going on vacation. So you so <laughs> the joke in the show is you packed light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You pack lightly because yeah. yeah. It's vacation. It's two months. Yeah. yeah. You'll be back. Yeah. It's one carry on. One carry on. <laughs> went to Los Angeles. The, and then and then and then you just moved to Los Angeles basically, and you grew up in, as as a as a tween and a teen mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. Last time we talked about on the show that a ton of people on Instagram and Twitter wanted to talk about was this idea that I was like, who did you ever feel excluded from? And you were saying like Asian American kids. Yeah, for sure. Right, right. Because you, because they somehow felt like you were. You were pulling them, <laughs> pulling them into being more bullied. 
That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I totally understand because, you know, it's everyone's trying to assimilate. Yeah. It's like, we already did that. Yeah. <sighs> Can you do that on your own? Yeah, yeah. Can you work on that? <laughs> And then maybe join us in a couple of and years. And then we can be cool together. Yeah. Because <laughs> kids are mean. Ultimately, the message is, you know, people are mean. <laughs> right. They did that to them. Yeah. And, and Other people did that to them. But oddly, that's how you started dancing because you joined like the the cheerleading, cheerleading squad. Yeah, yeah. You find your own community somewhere else. Yeah. My first friends were Latinas. Cheerleading squad, like rah rah pom poms cheerleading. Oh, right. So the cheer squad <laughs> I'm at like my so school. I'm like so ignorant of this area. <laughs> the cheerleading squad at my school wasn't like the bring it on cheerleaders. Yeah. Or cheer that you on Netflix, you okay. know, where yeah. everyone's like, you know, good angles and very professional and, mm-hmm. um, you know, hair ties and blonde or something. Uh, our squad was very much like if we weren't for cheerleading, we would have joined a gang. You know, right. A couple of them had been like shanked before, had oh my scars. Gosh. Holy cow. Yeah. This is in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Los Angeles, yeah. Holy cow. And so uh, you know, it, it was it was cool though, because it was like uh, I they were so open minded. Yeah. I don't know if it was because of that. Yeah. But yeah. They they took me in and they were like, No judgment, however you are, we like you. But then, and then you had this like interesting sort of like pivot into, you went to art school. Mm-hmm. Tell me if I'm getting this right. You went to art school, you started making like independent films. Right. In the universe of independent films. And then yeah. somewhere along the way, right. you started doing stand-up comedy. Yeah. I'm sorry. As you're describing my trajectory, it's like, no wonder I had a hard time finding my voice. <laughs> None of those things match. <laughs> Right? Those are, <laughs> those are so off-brand. Oh, my gosh. That's so you funny. You were a booty-shaking cheerleader, yep. uh, to, you know, to art school yeah. and then fil- indie films. You were making cl- then you were making clay pots. <laughs> it's like, no wonder I didn't know my <laughs> and, voice. And then you worked on Superwoman. Oh, my God. Because, like, you watched comedies. You watched, yeah. like, comedy and stand-up. And you were, like into joke writing and stuff like you know you kind of had a sort of you probably found your voice no, in comedy faster because no, you knew what you liked i mean yes and no i mean i wanted to be a filmmaker the, the first and fourth right okay first and foremost i wanted to be a filmmaker and then i studied screenwriting in college and then i got out of college and basically realized there's no sign-up sheet for being a screenwriter <laughs> <laughs> just ask the internet uh-huh i mean there's no sign-up sheet there's no Classified ads. There's no monster.com. Uh-huh, right. No one's looking for people to fill these jobs, That's right? true. That's You're right. And, you're right. And so it's such a weird... I'm sure people, if, if if young people are listening to this or in college or high school, and if you were thinking about pursuing a, a career in creative arts, mm-hmm. it's like one of the things... <laughs> Make sure you get a LinkedIn. LinkedIn, get LinkedIn is the of closest. Course. No, that's the number one yeah. piece of advice. Number, obviously, the number one piece of advice <laughs> is LinkedIn. Um, no, but it's like part of it is... Do the art that you're passionate about. Uh-huh. But the other thing is try and figure out um, what what uh, niche you're filling um, mm. that is that anyone wants you to show up for. Interesting. Right? So, like, with me, 
No one wanted a screenwriter. I mean, I would ask, I asked around. I Just would go to, generally. I'd go to film festivals. Right. Yeah, I mean, I went to film festivals. And I wow. Would, I would, yeah, we'd go to Nantucket Film Festival and, and there, in Virginia and in D.C. I would go to like every film festival and I would talk to filmmakers. Yeah. And it's like no one was looking for anybody. Right. And they already got their person. Yeah. That they're going to work with forever. <laughs> Not only that, they got the person they're going to work for forever. And it took hell and high water to even ma- make that's, the movie. That's right, yeah. And they're not looking for more people. <laughs> to pay. <laughs> we barely even got here. That's right. That's so true. That's so true. And so, and so then you meet people, and, and, and I realize, oh, nobody wants this. And then I was working <laughs> the door at the Washington, D.C. Improv, where we're going we're gonna to be in D.C. In, in a few weeks. But um, I was working the door, and I just saw that the opening acts uh-huh these these men and women who were making 50 bucks a show mm-hmm. were even though it was a coveted job it wasn't like easy to get those spots mm-hmm. there was a universe where i could get a few of those spots you know what i mean yeah you it 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 opened up to you more yeah, yeah i was like you had a place yeah i was like i okay i was like i can do it and Occasionally, they're looking for someone, uh-huh, uh-huh. and so that that just felt like an opening that was this small, and I was right. like, I could sneak through there, yeah. And then I started just like driving around the country, basically going to any comedy club uh-huh. that would have that needed an opener, you know, yeah, opening act, and then a middle act, and then eventually a headliner, yeah. And then I had to circle back to filmmaking. Interesting. I circle back to filmmaking after yeah. being later you know, doing stand up and doing solo shows and all these things. Because I think that there's a there's a way in which, and it's so funny because you're like you're developing a solo show now, and I think which I think is like the best thing for your career because you're someone who you're a storyteller, you're a filmmaker, you're you know, a you're cheerleader, st- you're a cheerleader, you're a stand <laughs> comedian, you're a great performer. In some ways, solo shows are like the best way to just show your cards. Yeah, finally it makes sense. Yeah, all the Things that sounded random earlier that, you know, made up my life. The clay pots. The clay at pots. At art school. I don't know if you made clay pots <laughs> at art school. Uh, what was the strangest thing you made at art school? Oh, gosh. Um, I think I just, uh, I did like a horse head performance, but it was in the streets of Chinatown where I just put on a horse head and it was supposed to be the Chinese immigration experience oh somehow. Gosh. Yeah. Where I danced to Lil John. Um, no way, with really? a horse hat on, yeah. And uh, someone was dressed as Uncle Sam. It was a little on the nose, to be honest. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Turn down for what? You know, and then Uncle Sam down for what? gets a little too wild and then, you know. Oh, wow. Makes us take the head off. Yeah, so stuff like that. I was doing in art school. Um, but it's interesting that, you know, if if you've been doing... It, right, and the universe is there with you, right? You will find, like, you circled back to filmmaking. You will come back to the thing that you've always loved, I think. Yeah. And for me, it was always performing. Yeah. But now I get to do it, show off everything, like you said, right? In a do you think that when you, solo were, show. when you were a kid, did you think, I want to be a performer? I don't know. I didn't think that. I didn't think that was possible. Yeah. I thought only, like, 10 people did it. Right. Yeah. That's how many it is, by the way.
Working It Out is brought to you in part by Helix Mattresses. Let me let me go way off script here. <laughs> let, me, let me go not even close to what the, the ad copy is and just say, you know that thing you have when you go to a hotel and you know from the moment that you sit on the bed, you're like, I'm not going to get a good night's sleep. <laughs> This is this trip is a disaster. It's like the most sinking feeling that I have when I'm traveling, uh, which is why I have at home a Helix mattress. Uh, Helix is it's a phenomenal mattress. Uh, you take a quiz; it's the easiest quiz you'll ever take. It gets shipped to your door for free. You don't even have to go to the mattress store. I hate shopping. Uh, Helix is awesome. It was awarded best. Overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. You should feel it for yourself. Go to helixsleep.com slash burbigs. Take the two-minute sleep quiz. They'll match you to a customized mattress. They'll give you the best sleep of your life. Right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows. Wait a minute. What? Pillows, too? Helixsleep.com slash burbigs. How do you find my audiences compared to your audiences? Oh. You have, we have our shows we do together, but then you have your shows like Bell House last night. Right. Like, what's it like? How, how does they compare? I think, well, there's crossover. There's some crossover. There's definitely yeah, yeah, crossover. Yeah. There's folks who, I mean, you're Mike Birbiglia, so you're going to be like recognized, but like my fans were also like, hey, it's Mike, right? Someone actually DM'd me last night, a different person, not the person that approached you, a different person oh who said, hey, like, amazing show, whatever. Um, LOL, I might have scared Mike off, though, because when I realized he was behind me, I just shouted, hi, Mike. And oh, my gosh. <laughs> just LOL, oh, well, might have scared him. No, like, my, oh, that's a big deal. Oh like, you gosh. don't want to, you're scaring people. That's not that cool. That person didn't scare me, but the person, the oh, so man, you know who the, I'm talking there's this about. large man next to me during yeah. the show. <laughs> who did the thing where he was like, like giving me the two fingers to uh-huh. lean into his face, and it's like COVID. I'm not going to lean into your face yeah. without a mat. Like this, right? Who needs that? And yeah. he's like emanating beer, like from our distance of like three feet or something. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 watching the show. <laughs> right. Watching the show. Right. And he's like, come on, come on. <laughs> what? I swear. Oh, to God. I didn't know the. Come dur- on. Yeah, this is during your show. He's like, yeah. Come on. I didn't tell it to you last night because I. I thought it was like too heavy. Like, because we, we were talking about your show. I didn't want to steal focus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now I'm going to steal focus. <laughs> I saved it. I saved it. Now um, we're on your show. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, she's like, come on, come on, come on. He got mad at me. Uh huh. Like, I'm watching the show. Yeah. What and is that? Goes, entitlement? Yeah, that's entitlement. Yeah. It's heckler privilege. What? <laughs> no, I was just joking. <laughs> it's heckler privilege. <laughs> Right. Okay. It's I was, white heckler I was, privilege. I was. You're such a. You know. I get so into your stories that I'm just like. Okay. And then he said mm-hmm. it's heckler privilege. <laughs> no. No. He didn't what? say it. That's like, psychotic. <laughs> no. So he goes. Uh, he goes. Come on. Come on. Come on. And then he goes. Uh, I, I go, I'm watching this. He goes. You think this is funny? What? Yeah. Oh my god. I go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm watching this. He goes. I don't know. I oh don't my know. god. I swear to god. <gasps> he goes. I don't know. I think he was just in, honestly, I think he's yeah. just like in the neighborhood. Yeah. Because then he said, I to mean, me, it doesn't sound like he would be my fan. Well, well, it had nothing to do with you or me, I don't think. Uh huh. He goes, I came to this place 10 years ago and what? it wasn't that funny then either. I was like, this place? What? The Bell House? 
you, what are you talking, you know, like, and I didn't even like engage. I was like, I'm watching. I'm oh my watching. God. Yeah, I know. It was wild. Whoa. It's kind of chills, you know, down my spine. I'm like, first, you don't sound like you were safe. Uh, it didn't second, feel safe, no. this guy is pissed off. I mean, I'm, I'm already creating a narrative about who he is. Probably a, maybe a comedian. Maybe. Or a, yeah. wanted to be one. Neighborhood. Yeah. Neighborhood. Neighborhood. Neighborhood wannabe comedian. Yeah. Pops in, sees there's a comedy show, pops in. I mean, you would have to have enough anger, the kind of anger of like this place, this comedian, not funny. I've been here. You know, that's someone who wanted to be a comedian. Yeah, but then he goes, then you, not you, just then an, you tell yeah. your Magic Mike story, which is a great story. I don't want to give it away. The audience uh-huh. is going to come see you. Uh-huh. He looks at me and goes, that was funny. <laughs> that was funny. Oh my God. As though as though he and I are in some kind of relationship <laughs> where we're co-evaluating the show joke by joke, though we know each other zero. <laughs> and he's completely drunk. I'm so sorry he bugged you for so long. Jesus Christ. And it's wild. So look, Oscar, those are your fans. You know That's so, who you draw. That is just some oh my God. It it could be someone's husband. The wild thing is, I don't think I ever told you, but at my shows, there's, because most of my followers are women. My audience is oh, okay. 75% women, um, just in the insights and, yeah, you know. in the Instagram insights. In the insights. And that <laughs> yeah. is, so 75% of women come out and then 25% men, but like a lot of them are queer. Mm-hmm. And so a couple of times the women will bring like their husband, just like maybe like two or three Husbands of sure. show. Sure. And you get a few husbands a show. Every single time, or not every single time, a lot of the times after the show, one of the husbands will come find Ryan, my husband, not me, and say, I was really surprised. Like, I came with low expectations. Oh but my God. She really made oh me laugh. I can God. see why, you know, so and so, my wife, me. loves her so much. Like, you know, I don't, you know, yeah, always, but only to Ryan. Like as if like like the guy to guy thing, like the guy tried to do with you, you know. Performers were so sensitive, and then we end up in these conversations where people are right. like, "Yeah, I can't believe people enjoy you." I know exactly. It's like, well, do you know what that just did to me? <laughs> yes. set, me set me back five days, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my next five days aren't gonna be normal because there's this gonna be lingering thing in the back of my head that some husband. Found me funny. That's not a compliment to me. Yeah. And Ryan tried to not tell me about this until like one time he finally was like, I can't, I have to tell you, <laughs> this has been happening. Oh, the, the husband's The drama. husband thing, yeah. That's so weird. And it doesn't, Does Ryan get weird stuff? Like, um, does Ryan get weird stuff? Because you talk about Ryan in your show because Ryan, <laughs> I've spent a lot of time with Ryan on the tour. Yes, Ryan's yeah. very um, paternal mm-hmm. and... Uh, He's a he's very much a, a fix it, a fix yeah. it person. Right. Yeah. We're gonna fix this. We're gonna figure this out. We're gonna crack this. We're gonna, yeah. Got like a real like filmmaker. He is a filmmaker. He's That's a very right. Filmmaker mentality about life. Yeah. I mean, I think he said it last night that he's like my grandma. <laughs> he's like your grandma. <laughs> I yeah, married yeah. my grandma. Yeah. Yeah. Some people marry their mom. Yes. My grandma raised me, so this is how it turned out to be. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's like super he I can't I'm just so thankful and so grateful because I am so not like a I I live in the present so much. It's hard for me to think ahead sometimes. 
We were, and we all, of course, went on a tour. We had a tour bus. We had a tour bus. Oh, in North Carolina. Oh, Mike, I was so excited about that tour bus. I'd never been on a tour bus. So you and Ryan and I had a great time on the tour bus. And then when I was going back to, I was actually taking the bus to Pittsburgh to film what was just announced. I'm in this Tom Hanks movie that's filming yeah. in Pittsburgh. It's exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People can, I can tell people now that comes out in Chris, on, on Christmas. A man called Otto. So the bus was taking me back. Middle of the night, the heat the heat goes bust. No. On the tour bus. And so then it was like <laughs> basically like 15 degrees on the tour no, bus. No, for you and, and the and it's just me you and the driver. And the driver. And the driver that's driver, it. Who's yeah. so nice. You know the driver. I'm yeah. trying to think of her name. Yeah, Terry. Yeah. It was me and Terry. And they were switching over bus drivers overnight. So we're meeting someone like in Virginia along the way. That's right. Yeah. So we meet up. So, <laughs> so Terry. So I'm freezing. Yeah. I don't want to complain to Terry. Turned out Terry didn't want to complain to me. Oh my God. So both so of you are just finally icicles. I go, Terry, are you cold? <laughs> she goes, Oh, I'm really cold. I I didn't want to say anything. Oh my God. Because I thought you were fine. I was <laughs> grinning and bearing through it. I was like, No, I was grinning and bearing through it. Oh my God. So Terry and I had a moment. I'm so glad you both said something. So we just were on the side of the highway for like three hours. As someone turning came. on, essentially turning on a valve because it was a brand new bus. They turned oh, on the heat valve. That's like, I'm trying to think. That's that's a little road trip short film. You did the sweetest thing, which is you posted a thing on Instagram recently with a series of photos of us together on tour, and you were like, "You don't make a lot of friends as grownups," and I, I feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of like have your friends already. Yeah. A lot of people do. And they feel like, oh, we'll just be colleagues, you know. I'll yeah. see you around the circuit yeah. or whatever. And yeah, I think. And so I really value friend, adult friendships. It takes me some time to really like become friends with someone, I feel like. Yeah. I don't know if there's a part of me that's like a, I feel like that's such an introvert quality. And I would consider myself an extrovert like you. Yeah. But. I think both of us have that sort of like we like to kind of have deep conversations. Yes. You know, um, over just like, like, I don't like drinking games. Yeah. Like, really, because like we have some friends who would rather when we hang out, right, they invite us over, we just do drinking games. Yeah. But that's just like getting like blackout drunk and like, I'd rather just like talk. Yeah. You know? And uh, and so it takes me some time to, you know, make friends. And so that's why I was like, you know what? This is so sweet, you know. And we have all those, we have so much so much content together now. That's right. And I was like, I can make dancing a whole post about this. So right. that helped too. Yeah. Um, so this is a slow round. Is there, what's the best piece of advice anyone's ever given you that you used? Yeah. The best piece of advice ever that anyone has given you. Well, if you don't have a choice, which, you know, hopefully life is full of like, hopefully you get to make the choice. So you work hard until you get to make choices. Yeah. Um, but before you do, do the thing you're given uh, proudly. So like when I was a kid, uh, there was this school play yeah. that... Everyone wanted to be the princess in, but the princess had no lines. Okay. But everyone wants to be the princess. Okay. Not the old woman that has a lot of lines. Right. 
Uh, but she's kind or of the, the broom, or the broomstick or the or the stool or whatever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. don't want to be those things. Yeah, yeah. But as girls, we really don't want to be the old women. Totally. Totally. Even though she saves the day, she saves the princess. It's like it was kind of this badass feminist story where it wasn't the prince that saved the day, it was the old woman. Yeah. Well, I got the part of the old woman. Interesting, yeah. And I was all bummed. I went home to grandma and I was like, I'm so, like, I wanted to be the princess. I don't want to be an old woman. And that's when my grandma gave me that advice. She was like, well, first of all, I'm offended that you don't want to be an old woman. That's very funny. Okay. <laughs> Be proud, you know. And yeah, she's like, yeah. so take what you get and and do it good and be proud and show them that you can be, you know, the the star or like Yeah. You can make choices from here. As the princess, you can't make choices. Literally there's no choices to make besides how are you gonna smile when you're standing there waving your arm. Right? The, the other phrasing of that that I learned in high school is mm-hmm. no small parts, only small actors. Oh wow. Yeah, see, she doesn't. I played all the small parts. <laughs> <laughs> no small parts, only small actors. Yeah. Uh, my, so, you see, my grandma didn't have theater uh, colloquialisms like right. that in her back pocket. <laughs> no, no, in like, but I actually found that to be. I play. I still as a as a grown up in the field. I I still play small parts, and mm. I, and I do find it's like it's a phenomenal exercise. Yeah. Yeah. How do I fill this out? How do I fill out this two-dimensional thing in a three-dimensional way? Yeah. And no, it's true. In, in the process of filling something out two-dimensional in a three-dimensional way, you, you learn things about when you're given the chance to do a three-dimensional thing, how you'd fill that out. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's why a lot of us love the side characters or like supporting yes. characters. Yes, so we, true. That's why we, there's a lot of leads that I forget about. That's so true. Yeah. Or maybe we find boring or yeah. very one note. So that was the best advice. That was a great answer, best advice. What do you have a do you have a memory of like a near death from younger in your life where you're like, oh my God, I didn't even realize at the time how dangerous that thing was? Not what yeah. When I was a teenager, I was in like a car with my boyfriend at the time and his friend, and the the friend just kind of drove recklessly on the yeah. freeway and oh, we God. we hit it we got in a car accident uh with like the divider or something yeah. and then uh we stopped and i just jumped out of the car in on the freeway that's that's, that's really super, dangerous super dangerous and then like 2 seconds after i got off i watched as that car that i just got out of get crashed into no yeah no yeah <gasps> this is bananas this story. i know yeah 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 so i was like oh my god i mean they were okay were they in the car when it got they hit? were still in the car yeah oh my god they, but they were okay they were okay yeah but maybe it was going like 40 miles per hour whoa yeah it smushed the car even more but they were okay they were you know ended up in the hospital but they weren't dead um but it was just wild because i was like oh shoot like uh, should i have stayed in the car i don't know either way it was dangerous there's lots of cars not ready to stop that fast you know for this what would you have told your younger self advice wise i don't know i mean stay in the car but then you got they got hit <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. you know i shouldn't have gone out but oh i didn't get hit okay wow. <laughs> that's a good but I that's mean, dangerous that, yeah that's, that's a that's good dangerous. story though potentially right she, yeah she has very high stakes yeah 
Well, I, I've had pretty, I've had luck, you know, because I think life does like balance itself out, you know. Mm-hmm. I think like life was like you had a, you suffered a lot as a kid, you know, uh, mentally, emotionally. Yeah. So you know, you won't die yet. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna give you a few more years. <laughs> Working it out is brought to you in part by All Form. So, if you're listening to the, if you've been listening to the show, which, by the way, we're at almost seventy episodes. Go back and listen to all the episodes. Uh, but you've been listening to me talk about Helix mattresses for a while. You know I'm on board. You know I'm sold. Well, guess what? There's a, there's a news flash on Helix. They've left the bedroom. They started making darn sofas. They launched a new company called All Form, and they're making the best sofas that I've ever seen. I got. I got two of them in my in my studio here, which is awesome. I absolutely love them. If you see some of the video clips from the show, you'll see I'm in a beautiful all-form red chair. They're great chairs, they're great sofas. They offer a forever warranty, forever. Wait, what? To find your perm, nothing's forever except all all form <laughs> couches, couches and chairs. So if you're feeling bad about some kind of relationship, just know that there's one thing's forever. It's couches and chairs from all form. Uh, to find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com/perbigs. And all form is offering twenty percent off all orders for our listeners at allform.com/perbigs. They love working it out. Allform.com/perbigs. Working it out is sponsored in part by Cuts. Cuts! That's me at a football game. That's If you ever see me at a football game, that's how I sound. Uh, Cuts clothing is phenomenal. Uh, it, it, I, they send some to me. I wear it constantly. It's super, super comfortable. They've revolutionized the traditional outdated T-shirt category. They make it easy to mix and match styles and colors. Couldn't recommend it more highly. Join the hundreds of thousands of guys who have made the simple decision to elevate their wardrobe with cuts. <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna sue me. Instead of being a sponsor, they're gonna sue me. They're gonna go, uh, you no longer can say it like that. Cuts. Get 15% off your first order by going to cutsclothing.com slash perbigs. That's C-U-T-S clothing.com slash perbigs. If you can't spell cut, I mean, if you can't spell cuts. I don't know if you deserve to wear cuts. Let's be honest about this. Use code Burbigs for 15% off. The only shirt worth wearing. Come on! Since Unu was born, I keep a journal of, of things that she says Aww. that are cute, sweet, and, and um, which I highly recommend people do if they have kids. And so um, when Una... Um, was for, we were reading this book about the days of the week and Una misread uh, days of the week and called it the days of us. Oh. And I thought, that's better. That, yeah, <laughs> that is, oh my God. See, now that, that was like, boom, I felt it in my heart. I almost cried. It got me, when I read it in my notebook, it got me choked up. And yeah. I was like, I got to put that in. Yeah, that's. And it doesn't even have a joke. I just want to give it texture and, you know. No, that's better. I this is in my notebook too. Is that at one point when we took her when she was younger to the um, to the pediatrician and uh-huh. and like um, what's you know sometimes the pediatrician like you want to be like you got to be more specific with your questions because uh-huh. the pediatrician's like 
Una, what's going on with you? And she was like, my knee hurts and it's my grandma's birthday. You, know, like, oh, you don't really need to know about the birthdays. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> you got to be specific. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. my grandma's birthday. And then the other one I wrote down was um, the other day I drove my daughter to school. Sometimes she walks, sometimes she scoots. Sometimes I drive her. Sometimes if I'm on tour, she takes an Uber. I'm driving her to school. And she goes, I like dad better than Uber. Oh. Because we don't have to wait for dad. And I thought, that's what you prefer about dad? Uh-huh. Go, this dad is five stars. <laughs> Yay, that's great. <laughs> that's a good one. You like that one? Yeah, it is cool, full circle. <laughs> And then, I like you know, Dad you better see, than Uber is my favorite. I like Dad better than Uber. She's so poetic. She just everything she says makes me want to cry. So that that's good. Daughter and of then, a, daughter and of then a the punchline. And then the punchline. And then the punchline. Yeah. Um, what do you got? You got anything you wanna you wanna kick around? There's this one part that you sort of mentioned a little bit, the Magic Mike Live thing. Oh yeah. There's yeah, a yeah. part that I cut out because I don't really have a place to super go with it. Um, yeah, so I took my family to go see Magic Mike Live in Vegas. Yes, that's right. Um, so, so it's not about Magic Mike Live. So it's like we went to Vegas, my husband, my mom, my grandma. Yeah. And on the way to Vegas, you know, so my mom's memory is kind of going. Yeah. And she kind of creates new ones mm-hmm. of the past. And I embrace it because I don't want her to feel bad. And this is partly because... Your mom has schizophrenia and right. struggles with a lot of issues. That's right, yeah. yeah. And so when she comes up with like new memories, I always go, yeah, that's right. You know, I embrace it. I don't yes. want her to feel bad or feel embarrassed. So on the way to Vegas, you know, we're going there and my mom goes, Vegas. Oh, yeah, Vegas. Remember, they used to have these shows. They had these shows where uh, people are wearing tops, but nothing on the bottom. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, oh, no, you mean topless shows, right? Because like, oh, I, yeah, I thought yeah. she's just remembering wrong. Yeah. You mean topless shows. They have topless shows. Yeah. And my mom goes, no, they're wearing tops, but oh. there's nothing on the bottom. Can oh, we go yeah. see that? And, <laughs> and I don't want her to feel embarrassed. So I was like, oh, sure, okay. Like, you sure? Like, they're tops, but everything else just oh, exposed gosh. on the bottom. She's like, yes, uh, I want to see that. Okay, I'll see about a bottomless show. Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> so it's this bit that I've been working on. So th- that part's funny. And then, and then I look, I research it, and she's right. Yeah. There's a show in Vegas called The Puppetry of the Penis. Yes, there is. Have you seen I've it? I've seen it. It's, 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 You've it's, seen it's it? It's bizarre. So maybe this is why the bit doesn't work because I've never seen it. I'm just pontificating on what no, it's about. No, I thought it was funny before you said it. I forgot about it until you just said it. The I thought I thought it was a penis? misunderstanding, and now you're saying I'm like, yeah, yeah, there is a she was right. Of the penis. Yeah, I was the one she being was like, right. oh, my mom's just kind of losing it, you know. But she was right. She was talking about the puppetry of the penis, and then I just kind of, it's just the joke is just pontificating what the show is like, and maybe that's why I don't feel like it works because I haven't seen it. So you know, you it, might have to see it as research. Yeah. Honestly, I like, think we have to go to Vegas. You might have to go to Again. Vegas to see Puppetry of the Penis. That's something that's running. I mean, I, I saw it like 20 years ago. The <laughs> idea that it's the, the, those penises, they can't be the same. First of all, they can't be the same penises. I think it's two different guys. There's no way they're like 65-year-old penises at this point. <laughs> it's possible. No, it could be. It could be. But yeah, no, it's the Puppetry of the Penis. I saw years ago in Montreal at the comedy festival. 
there. And oh, I so would, they're like comedians. They they treat it as sort of a comedic cabaret type of act. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's jokes in it. It's it's odd. I and it's uh, yeah. funny, but it's kind of like the way Jackass is funny. Uh huh. Where you're like, Rah! right? <laughs> you know what no, I mean? Of course, of course. It's just like, like it does that. Right. Rah! Like, what time is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What time is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and it, it actually is quite astonishing. Like. I just want to contextualize this Magic Mike story because in your show, it's mm-hmm. this very special sort of heartwarming moment where you'd had a hard time with mm-hmm. your grandma and your mom and you thought like, let's do something fun that sort of breaks us out of right. like this sort of a sadder time. Mm-hmm, for sure. And so you took them to Magic Mike. Right, right. And then along the way, that's when your mom brought that up, yeah. right. Yeah. And so, you know, because that's already like such a sweet, you know, whole story. Yeah. That's why I was like, I don't know if I want to break it up with puppetry of the penis, especially since I haven't seen it yet. But I'll go see it and maybe there'll be something. And also, would your mom like it, do you think? I think Ryan is in the room and he's nodding his head. I think my mom would love it, actually. She might like it because it's so silly and she seems to like silly stuff. Yeah, and physical comedy is universal. Yes. Is what they say. No, it's, I think, absolutely. Yeah, so she would, you know, no language barrier there, you know. Right. So we're going to D.C. I'm going to take you to a restaurant that I waited tables at. I'm going to take you to two places. I'm going to take you to Washington, D.C. Improv, where I work the door. I'm going to take you to the Tombs restaurant in Georgetown where I waited tables. And so I have like a couple things I jotted down about the place. waiting tables at the Tombs, which is just memories. They were like, yeah. when I was in college, I waited on Andre Agassi several days in a row at, at this restaurant. And every, or every day he ordered the same thing, the chicken number one sandwich. Because <sighs> when you're number one in the world... There's no other sandwich for you. <laughs> chicken number one for tennis player number one. <laughs> to be clear, chicken number one is a real item. Had one, had chicken, bacon, lettuce, tomato, and cheese. He got it with none of those things. Oh, my God. He got chicken number one, mustard only. Chicken number one, hold the everything. He wow. was number one in the world, and he ordered the chicken number one. And for one split second, everything in the world made sense. <laughs> All of those are like alt jokes. Like yeah. I don't know if you write jokes like this, but I essentially have a premise. Premise is mm-hmm. Andre Agassi comes in the restaurant, orders chicken number one sandwich, and then I just write a bunch of punchlines. Same, yeah. You do the same thing. I go or this, yeah, or yeah. this, yeah. Or it's so this. funny. That's exactly yeah. how I do every every joke I have. Is yeah, I got five versions of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you choose, yeah. The best one, but yeah, the the way he ordered it is wild to me. Still, I'm. Thinking, oh, is that interesting? Yeah, the that he got n- nothing that's on it besides the chicken. That's it. Just got chicken, chicken oh, mustard. And chicken I think and that's mustard. Like a, yeah. the, the, that's a lunch of champions, I guess. Yeah, and I mean it's in the title, right? Chicken number one. <laughs> chicken number one. <laughs> so then, okay, then the other ones is um, the le- the least enjoyable customers as a waiting tables. People can discuss this in the comments. (laughs) Couples on first dates, because the only thing they have in common is you. (laughs) So the moment you leave the table, they will make fun of you. If you're bad, they're like, this guy should find another line of work. If you're good, they're like, looks like we got an (laughs) all-star. No matter what. No matter what, you're the least cool person in the trio. That's so true. Oh, my God. It's good. 
yeah, you're this forced third wheel. Yes. You know? Yes. You're the immediate third wheel. Yeah. You're a problem. You're like, I work here. <laughs> no, and it's almost like you're the third wheel. You're the movie they're watching. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. You're the puppetry of the penis. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And you, and you're working for them, you know? Oh, it's I know. Like you're, you're dancing. Yeah, you're trapped. Hey, hey. Oh, my God. What about that? That's hilarious. The thing that we conclude on is working it out for a cause. Is there an organization that you think is doing a great job and, and I'll contribute to them and link to the show notes? Yes, Downtown Women's Center. Downtown Women's Center. In Los Angeles. Yes. Yeah, they work with unhoused folks and um, I would like to give to them again. Okay, and it, it's uh, downtownwomenscenter.org. 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 And uh, people should contribute and I will contribute and, uh, and Atsuko, there's so much in store. There's so many things that we can't even announce yet, but people should follow you on at Atsuko Comedy on Instagram because there's so... I, I'm, I'm bubbling with excitement for where your career is about to go, but I also can't give away... This happened last year. Was, uh, Quinta Brunson was on the show. Oh, and yeah. And this was before Abbott Elementary Amazing. was announced. Yeah. And it was like... I want to say some things that I know, but I can't. Right. And now it's like exploding. Yeah. That's how I feel about your career. Where it's like, I just think sky's the limit. You're just going to massive places and just follow at, at Otsuko Comedy on Instagram and let's go Otsuko on, on TikTok. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, because someone else has Otsuko Comedy on uh, TikTok. Is that true? <laughs> I think it's me, but I can't get into it. So anyway. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Otsuko. Thank you uh, so much. Here, we'll, uh, we'll, I'll see you in D.C. See you in D.C. And maybe, maybe Iceland. And maybe Iceland. We yeah, have yeah. to figure that out. We'll find out. Working it out, because it's not done. Working it out, because there's no that's going to do it for another episode of Working It Out with Atsuko Akatsuka. You can follow her on, on Instagram at, at Atsuko Comedy. You can follow her on TikTok at Let's Go Atsuko, A-T-S-U-K-O. Uh, she's a riot. You should go see her uh, tour, and, and, and hopefully we'll end up working together on something. I don't know what that thing is, but hopefully... Uh, our, our working and relationship and friendship will continue. I just think the world of her. So follow her on all the things. Thanks for listening. Our producers of Working It Out are myself, along with Peter Salomonal and Joseph Berbiglia. Consulting producer Seth Barish. Sound mix by Kate Belinsky. Associate producer Mabel Lewis. Special thanks, as always, to Mike Berkowitz, Mike Consiglieri, as well as Marissa Hurwitz and Josh Upfall. Special thanks to Jack Antonoff and Bleachers for their music. They are on tour right now. They're playing some massive shows. My brother Joe saw them in Boston, and they were on fire. As always, a very special thanks to my wife, the poet, Jay Hopestein. Our book is called The New One. It is at your local bookstore. We were uh, named semifinalists in the Thurber Prize for American Humor, and it's uh, which is a great, great museum if you're able to go to the Thurber House in Columbus, Ohio, one of the best. As always, a special thanks to my daughter, Una, who created the original Radio Ford. Thanks most of all to you who are listening. Thank you for writing those user reviews on Apple Podcasts. It means the world to me that you're telling your friends and you're telling 
your enemies, because we're, we're working it out. We're still going. I'll see you next time.